RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. You've probably heard of mammography, maybe sonography, but have you heard of thermography? We want to find out more about thermography. And Truly Godfrey is the clinic manager and thermography technician for Clinical Thermography New Zealand. And she's here to chat about this on RCR. Truly, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Paul. It's really good to be here. Okay, I had heard of mammography. I was aware of the ultrasound, but now know it's sonography. But I haven't, I don't think I've ever heard of thermography. Why is that, do you think? <laughs> uh, because we haven't had an interview on Reality Check Radio yet. <laughs> or any, or anywhere else, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, no, a few. I've, I've done a few um, Yeah. You know, Zoom things with uh, influencers, women who've come in and thought, this is great, my friends should know about this, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, the odd interested person, but certainly no mainstream coverage. We did have a listener article 10 years ago. Um, oh, it's going back a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the, the only time really, I guess, in a sense of your question, that we've had mainstream coverage was the company back in, I think, 2009, um, they did – whole page adverts in the Herald and, you know, yeah. ran stories in women's magazines and there was a backlash from the New Zealand College of Radiologists. So, oh, okay. Patch yeah, protection but, sort of backlash, absolutely. was it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's sort of go. It's an interesting story. So um, the origins of thermography in New Zealand, it's kind of like a family affair, really, isn't it? Yep. yep. Okay, so take us back. And I think it's <laughs> – um, it starts with your dad, Dr. Mike Godfrey. Yeah. Yeah. He, dad's, uh, was a family doctor in Mount Monganui from the early 70s. And uh, in the 80s, he started looking into alternative types of medicine because he he's one of those doctors that wants to do the right thing by his patients. Wow, wow that's early. Yeah, 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 true. I mean, we're only talking about that now. Boy, that's back in the early 70s. Yeah, so he's quite famous in the natural health circles in New Zealand. He's okay. an honorary naturopath, and um, yeah, he calls himself a maverick quite proudly. So and yep. uh, so yeah, he started sort of researching things back then, and and um, going to America, going to naturopathic conferences, and practicing nutritional medicine, homeopathy, chelation, intravenous vitamin C, that sort of thing. Back in the eighties, mm -hmm. one of New Zealand's first uh, GPs to do so, and. Um, one of his so one of his patients, uh, her daughter had a breast lump, and she was, I think, in her twenties. She was quite young, and so the mother said, "Well, you're not having a mammogram. I don't believe in those X-rays. You know, dangerous. You're not going to do that." Mm, and radiation. Yeah, really. Yeah, and so they found a, them a thermography clinic in Canberra and sent her daughter overseas to have her breast check. And when the report came back, the next time they went into dad's clinic, they put it down on his desk and said, Mike, you should do this. And that's how it started. Okay. So quite wow. neat. Yeah, so he looked into it. And at that stage, his nurses were running a woman's hormonal health clinic on the sideline. And they went and did the training in the States. And um, the two nurses and dad basically set up a, a clinic in Tauranga. And then... To, you know, they moved, they, they, they would travel to Auckland, gradually sort of going to different places around the country and um, offering it to all sorts of women. And it just grew from there. That was back in 2002. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's over 20 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. So was there a growing awareness that uh, there were, there was a downside to mammography? Yeah. And even, 
in mainstream circles that's acknowledged. Like if yeah. you look and if you were to research what's what's the risk with a mammogram, mm. you would actually find in the radiology journals they talk about the the limitations that mammography has as a screening program. And so and it's I mean any screening program has you know upsides and downsides and um, mammography, I guess the downsides. Some women do perceive it as a risk because it is radiation. Yeah. And I believe that there's a limit to how many mammograms you should safely have in your lifetime. You know, I, it could be ten. Which, yeah. if you follow New Zealand's program, you start at forty-five, you go through to sixty-five, you have one every two years. There's your ten. Mammograms. Yeah, you're getting up there, and you're still at a reasonable. Well, I say once a young age because I'm approaching that, but yeah. you're not that old at that point, and you. And you're done on on that sort of analysis. You, you've had your limit, maybe you know. And I mean, that's when it stops. Yeah. And I I would say, to be fair, it probably stops because there's a lack of funding for these things. But you know, that, that's an interesting yeah. aside. That that's ten mammograms. Um, you know, and the, and the jury's out. I know some. I have seen it in the literature where they say that perhaps this causes one, you know, one case um, of breast cancer. That radiation for every um, ten thousand women screened. That might be the figure that, that you can put to that. So that's one thing. I mean, radiation perhaps has a different toxicity for different people too. So what might yeah. be safe for one woman might not be safe for another. And, and you know, I mean, what I'm all about is choice. And women should have the choice to choose what they want to do. So thermography, obviously heat is in there because it, that's in the name. Yeah. So, and I guess we can deduce easily that uh, rather than, you know, sort of um, doing an x-ray kind of thing, it's looking for identifying at some sort of heat signature is it absolutely yeah so a mammogram looks for a tumor or evidence that a tumor might be present so calcium like a lump like a physical lump a dense lump yeah 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 yep. um and so it's looking for cancers that are already there okay. the the thermogram can see if there is a cancer there can often and i've seen it you know myself um a difference in the amount of heat that's present so if you imagine a normal range of heat um, you know, and it can be different for each person. So someone's normal range might be from 32 degrees to 34 degrees. Someone else might be 31 to 35, whatever. Um, so the the software is designed to, to uh, alert the doctor when the heat is outside of a normal range, but it's also measuring the, the, the so it measures it really sensitively to a tenth of a degree. And it's tenth, reading, okay. yeah. yeah, and it's reading the temperature being uh, emitted from the human body. So it's a camera that receives information. It doesn't penetrate into the tissue. Right. So it's quite safe. And passive. Is that what they call that? Passive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so it can identify where the blood vessels are just under the surface of the skin. And I often say to women, your first thermogram, it's like establishing a roadmap of where your blood vessels are. Yeah. And they remain you you quite remarkably stable over someone's lifetime, you know, unless oh, you really? have surgery. Yeah, those yeah. blood vessels don't, well, they shouldn't grow. They shouldn't change their position and they should fall in a natural structure. You know, the, the, there's certain um, patterns of blood vessels that you would expect to see. And yep. if those patterns are abnormal, then you're going to investigate that further. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's really measuring the temperature of the blood vessels and the behavior of the blood vessels. So our thermograms, we would take a series of images from different angles and then the lady sits in the room and the room is always between 20 and 21 degrees and just cool down for 10 minutes and the same, you know, sit, relax and cool down. Right. And then we repeat the images. So the breast tissue cools down quite a lot 
your breasts, it's, it's, it's funny to think of, but they don't have muscles and they can't shiver. So those blood vessels, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just constrict and get narrower and the blood, right. the temperature cools down. If it doesn't cool down, there's something driving the met- metabolism in the tissue there. And and that's what we're sort of basically we're looking for. Um, it could be an infection or it could be a toxic burden or a hormonal, you know, thing, or it could be a cancer. So, yeah. Yeah. So is there something in cancer cells that, because it, it, it's an energy, in the end it's energy, right? It's, it's, yeah. It's a demand on energy to produce heat. Is yeah. A, tu- a tumor, the more aggressive the tumor, the higher the demand for nutrients to grow. Right. So normal breast blood vessels don't supply enough blood flow for a tumor to grow. And, and the more aggressive the tumor, the, the higher the demand. So, um, during that cool down, what we see on on the thermal image is the blood vessels get smaller. They they, they retract and and the colours change. It, it comes down on the scale. Where there's a tumour present, those blood vessels. I've seen it in two ladies, and it's the most remarkable thing to witness. Where all over the the rest of the breast tissue and the chest and everywhere else, the colours change, go down, get colder in the scale. Just around one area, I've seen half a degree of heat increase, and it's just like. You know, it's just not risky. It's a giveaway. It's an absolute giveaway, yeah. And and so those cases were quite aggressive cases. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's not breast tissue. It's not breast blood supply. And to get into the biochemistry of it, in case there's a radiologist listening. Yeah, could be. <laughs> um, the mm-hmm. nitric oxide causes the blood vessels to dilate. And breast blood supply doesn't produce that. So that's a, the, the tumour will actually cause that to be released to increase the blood flow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so mammography, you for a detector mass, there, there has to be something there already, right? Yeah. Of, of over a certain yeah. size or density. Yeah, bigger than a pinhead. Yeah. Pinhead. Okay, but yeah. at anatomical level, that's 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 quite big. That's, that's already a tumor. Well, and and what theoretically, you know, if that's been growing for five or ten years, there would have been changes in the tissue that we could spot before the pinhead. Right. Okay, I see. So. This is more of an early warning system yeah. than mammography. Yeah. You're picking that up after the fact. Yeah. You were, yeah. Dad says the horse has already bolted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Makes it easy to understand. Yeah. Why? It, that seems so logical. Yeah. And I've had cancer before, not in the breast, obviously, but actually in the throat. And 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 one of the things I found out from that process is how hungry and the demand for energy that those rogue cells have. And that you know, and and that points to certain ways of diagnosing it. So I, I can completely relate to this. How come we don't know about it so much? Why is it not talked about as much or as familiar um, as mammography as yeah uh, as a detection system? I mean, the short answer is that the companies that provide the machinery for mammography, Kodak, Siemens, these big companies, they have a lot of money behind them. And they fund the research that validates what you know mammography offers. Um, it's also like it's an established industry. It's 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 David and Goliath, you know. They they they're yeah. And I can see why they protect their pets. You know, it takes a lot to um, train staff to have a system to have you know government funding. You know, each year it rolls over, and we we expect this funding. We can have this many staff. We can do you know these programs. So I, I don't think they want to jeopardize those programs. Um, there, there's also a, um, 
and I think it's really interesting, like if you look at the last three years, what we've been through and how the medical system was hijacked by the narrative, you know, and people, you know, I've got a lot of colleagues that are doctors and nurses and they really can't understand why I questioned it from the get-go. And um, I can see with radiologists, they have this, this bias towards, well, they just ignore stuff that doesn't suit their narrative. And, and this, you know, it's, it's a lot of parallels with what we've just gone through. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's a radiologist who, so we've just uh, published a paper in a, uh, um, advancement in breast cancer management. No, there's a, a paper in the uh, scientific journal. I keep forget the name of the journal. If you go to our website, it's linked at the bottom. Anyone wants to see it, they can download it. Um, it has case studies, and one of the case studies in there was a woman who had three mammograms and two ultrasounds that were all normal, and her her thermograms were deteriorating and getting worse. And Dad actually approached the radiologist and said, "Look, this lady needs an MRI. I'm really concerned because the thermographies are showing me that something's really going on here." He actually said to her, "If this lady doesn't have cancer, I might as well sell my camera." <laughs> and the yeah. radiologist arranged an MRI, and she had an eight millimeter tumor. And Gee. and that so, wasn't picked up eight mil eight millimeter eight millimeter. It was on the chest wall, so I guess it wasn't getting Tricky. captured in the yeah. mammogram screen. Yeah, yeah. So this radiologist absolutely knows that thermography has a place in the the screening paradigm. It, it, she she ought to be out there saying to all the other radiologists, "Hey, there's something in this." She's one of the ones that was involved in the backlash. That that basically they they said we've had women come to us with thermography, told them they had cancer when they didn't. You know. And the opposite can be true. You have false positives and false negatives. And so for her to come out and say that, when I heard that, I, as a woman, you know, I mean, I'm a father's daughter. And when I heard the story, yeah. I felt, you know, how dare she do that to my dad for starts? But, yeah, you know, as a woman, and, yeah. and like that woman who the cancer was diagnosed, she's very grateful for thomography. And we've got lots of women like that where... It's well, not- you can understand patch protection in yeah. a whole range of industries and businesses. Yeah. We get that. But when it comes to, you know, people's lives and life and death, which it could come to, you, you would expect that people to be able to suspend that somewhat. Yeah. Because sure, otherwise, what, why, why are you in the business in the first place? I mean, yeah. 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 It's patients. It's the best outcome for the patients should be the driving factor, not. Yeah not our business but yeah and so i can't make excuses for that i you know yeah. shouldn't it be a range shouldn't the whole range be part of this the, a screening yeah. program yeah yeah and and that's something it's a it's an international uh issue you know there's this demography in lots of countries around the world i think an, a, another aspect of this and, and it does answer your original question why isn't it so well known mm. um each thermography system is working in its own, you know, we, we, we've got so many colleagues that have similar um, software. We were using the German software. There's American types. There's some Indian ones and Japanese. And we don't have like a body that um, we all collaborate with and we don't have standards that are internationally accepted. Or that's that's a limitation. But we don't have anyone with the money to do it, you know. So, yeah. 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 Well, if you had the... Um... The uh, industrial medical complex behind you, you would. Yeah, that's true. But then you'd be competing with, because those machines made by those famous manufacturers, they're not inexpensive. Yeah. They're so very those expensive. Those radiologists, they, they have mortgages to pay. Yeah. You know, they've, got, they've got to keep their, their livelihoods going. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't think it's quite that bad that they, 
I, I just don't think they invest the mental energy into looking into what thermography could do to help them. And they're being thwarted. Actually, there's a, a nice story, um, I'm going to say six or seven years ago. Um, we did a, we, we proposed a research um, study in New Zealand where we were going to take 200 women who'd had a mammogram and they were in the queue waiting for a biopsy. So an abnormal mammogram, they usually would have ultrasounds and, and biopsies to follow. Yep. And we would, we would offer those 200 women a thermogram before the biopsy. And then we could compare the results of thermography against the results of biopsy. And this, one of the, one of the things, if you did that, looked up on the on the internet about what are the problems with mammography, one of the problems is unnecessary biopsies. And I had a yeah. quick look before I came yeah. on here. I thought I'd get my facts right. Yeah. It's about 90% of those biopsies. Unnecessary. 90? Yeah. So if, if thermography could be used to minimize that number, then mammography becomes a safer, better tool because one of the risks with it is having an unnecessary procedure afterwards. What well, 90% is through the roof. Well, yeah, yeah. As an error rate, because that's yeah. basically what you're saying. Well, they're doing it. They, they have to have a margin of safety. So if, you know, if, if we err on the side of caution and we'd rather give someone a biopsy that they don't need than not yeah. give someone a biopsy that they do need, you know. So, but yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's true. showing. Yeah. It's not that. And that's among women with dense breast tissue. So it, it depends, you know, yeah. But anyway, that, that's a lot of women having a, quite an invasive, scary procedure. And, you know, that's not very nice to be told you've got an abnormal mammogram either. That's, no, that's it yeah. starts to, that's a whole psychological yeah. thing to deal with. There must be quite a bit of data built up then over the years, even here in New Zealand. Is there? For breast screening overall? For, for thermography screening. Yeah, I mean, we must have been done thousands and thousands of times. So there'll be yeah. data that could be mined to yeah. understand, you yeah. know, what that that picture is over that time. Has that been yeah. done? No. Why not? Well, little bits. I mean, with our paper, we had three or four case studies, and and we've got, you know, we've got probably over ten thousand women since two thousand and two who've had a thermogram, but. All that information is in their private files. It's not being collated in any meaningful way, and it would take hours. And so our little study that we were going to do when we had the idea of taking these 200 women, I mentioned it to a couple of different professors in, at you know universities in New Zealand, and uh, you know they said, Trudy, you're sitting on a gold mine. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was just thinking there. Yeah, yeah, an absolute gold mine. She said, don't, don't do anything to jeopardise that. I said, that's no, all right, it's all safely filed away. But, yeah. um, you know, hours and hours of work to look through it and to ring those women up. And so when you read our research paper that we just published, um, you know, in, in terms of the statistics, we've only got the lists that, that we have to hand that, you know, when something happened to someone, I thought, that's a really interesting case. I'll make a note of that. You know, so I've been doing that for, for the 12 years that I've been here. But Prior to that, it depends on the staff members that were available if, if they had thought to say, oh, we better record that case. You know, so in terms of how many cases of cancer have we seen, we're not sure. We know it's at least 51, you know, but there's probably more. And so someone does need to go through that. And then there's also the aspect that those women that we've done those tests for may have had cancer that we don't know about, you know. So yeah, you know, yeah. you get on the phone and ring people. But, but doing this sort of research is nothing new. It's fiddly and it's... Yeah, it, you know, um, it done properly, um, it 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 can that can be done. Yeah, most most of the studies that look at the mammography results, like there's a huge one in in North America where they looked at uh, ninety thousand women. So you know, half of them, roughly ninety thousand, half of them had mammograms, the other half didn't. 
and they look at the long term like they've just done a 25 year review of that of those women and they look at how many cases of cancer were in each arm and there's not a lot of difference in the death rates in those two arms so mammography in terms of improving the outcomes in terms of mortality doesn't depending on the age group so under 50 years of age there's almost no difference whatsoever yeah so but there's big meta analyses of the outcomes uh, over time that they're that they're looking at. Well, yeah. surely AI power of AI could be brought to bear on that. Wade yeah. through all the not my wheelhouse. No, no, but <laughs> but there are there are people out there who know this stuff. Yeah, maybe yeah. someone's um, listening. So true. Um, yeah, I think you might have mentioned it, but I got here in my notes that uh, you tried to do a study to establish. If thermography could improve outcomes, yeah, that blocked by breast screen RTR. Yeah, really. Yeah, well, this was that study I was mentioning that we yeah. would take two hundred women, and so so we actually applied to the Health Research Council, and we were in the line for funding for it. Yeah, but we had so our study was two hundred women who had an abnormal mammogram, and we'd give them a thermogram, and then compare the results. And we had three or four GPs. We had obviously our own staff. We had Professor Burtz from Germany who developed the software we use. He was, you know, um, he helped us to design the study and he was going to support us with it. We had a professor of pharmacology from Otago University who she'd had a breast cancer drug that she didn't get put, she didn't get the funding to do her research. And I think she was a bit miffed and she felt sorry for us too, you know. So oh, yeah. she was on board and she, she yeah. said to me, truly, I can I can supply you research fellows, you know. So, so she was really keen to see where this went. All we needed was 200 women. So, and then we, then we would have this funding and we could go for it. So I rang the local radiology department and I said, how many women would you need to screen? How often would you come across 200 cases who were due to go for biopsy? You know, what would be that time range? And would you be interested in collaborating with us? And they said, uh, well, no, we can't do that without the approval of the National Screening Unit, Pre-Screen Aotearoa, because, you know, it's, they, they tell us what we can, can and can't do. So I thought, oh, well, I'll go for private radiologists. And so I rang a few local ones and then I rang Auckland ones and I got on the phone and I realised that all the radiology departments are like they they seem to be operating under the same um, auspices, but they're actually all privately owned. Even if they're in a hospital, they can be owned by the radiologist. Ah, okay, so they got to do what the funder tells them. Well, they do. They don't want to bite the hand that feeds them. And, Boy, okay, gee. Yeah, and so none of them would cooperate with us. So I rang Breast Screen Aotearoa and got yeah. through to the clinical director her dad had met at a screening uh, conference up in Auckland and she had said to him, Mike, if you want to do a study, you give me the proposal and I'll put it to the committee, you know. So he thought she was really supportive. Yeah. So I thought, oh, this, this would be sweet, give you know. Call. Yeah, yeah, we got it in, you know. And her words to me were truly, I'm not going to expose 200 vulnerable women to a useless test. Boy, was she preloaded. Yeah. Yeah, I was really confused. How thought, could you develop that view? How would you come to that view? Yeah, well, that's what I said to her. <laughs> what she say? She said, I see the fallout from what you do. I said, what do you fallout? mean? Fallout? Yeah, she said, I have, have known, I, I know of cases where thermography has told women that they have breast cancer when they don't and has told them that they're fine when they have cancer. And I said to her, that would have been our patients because we're the only thermography service in New Zealand. Yeah, it so boy, that's been. personal. So I actually 
can you tell me who they are? Because if we've missed something, I need to get that right. Well, that would be a shocker, wouldn't it, to know that if there was, well, you know, that sort of fallout that she's In my experience, if we get it that wrong, the woman ring us up and say, hey, I've been paying for this and I'm really angry. Yeah, because you would be very angry. Yeah, yeah. You'd or, know about it. Or they'd be, you know, hey, look, I know no, but nothing's perfect. I so she was making up. that up. Well, that's, that was my question. I said to her, you know, could you give me those names? I, I really need to investigate that. And, you know, that, that's really important to me. And um, she said to me, I've just never really known who to go to with this. <laughs> and I said, well, look, I'll give you my email and, you know, we'll, we'll collaborate and, and what have you. So I, get, I did that. I sent her an email and, and reminded her a week later. I said, hey, just in case it's fallen off your list of things to do, I really, you know, appreciate those names. I rang her office three or four times, you know, three months apart. And that was it, was it? Never heard from her again. Yeah, yeah. What is it about, keep, keep hearing this sort of story. Yeah. The sort of dismissiveness of it. Yeah. Just out of common courtesy, professional courtesy, you would want to engage. I mean, benevolently, I just think she was really busy and she had other things to do and she just didn't think, thought we didn't matter. You know, it didn't matter to get back to her. Yeah, but that, then you have to call into question, is that person competent? In that role, yeah. Well, ignoring stuff like that depends what the markers of achieving the goals of the the thing are. You know, she is if being competent means keeping me at bay. Well, and that doesn't answer for how many that they had missed. <laughs> well, no, we I wouldn't. That, that is in the literature, and they missed. This is interesting. Mammography, at best, misses one in five. Okay. Yeah. Cancer. So, so we could assume that uh, many have gone on to develop cancer when they thought that they were clear from the from the screening. They've had a normal mammogram and off you go. You're you're good to go. Yeah. And one in five will be walking away with a cancer that was missed. Yeah. And you can bet that it's all happy talk if it looks good. You know, it's it's like oh well, that's great, and you know, it's yeah, this is why you should actually, be screened and all these things. And yeah, they actually. Um, they don't. It's really, it's really weird. They don't contact contact them and say, "Hey, you're good to go." They just, they only call you back if you're not good. You know. Oh, because, okay. So if you don't hear from them, yeah, you're no, okay. Good news. Yeah, yeah. Even that's kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. Because you'd want to want to know officially either way, wouldn't you? Well, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not about the patient. It's about the industry. And you know, oh, I, yeah. um, it, it's a, it's a really interesting industry. It's kind of geared towards finding cancer so we can treat cancer. It's not geared towards preventing cancer. And I suspect that's what we're doing with thermography, actually preventing it because those. Because you erode the business model. Yeah. Um, sensitive question: Is this a female-dominated industry, the screening industry? Absolutely. Well, all our all our technicians are female, you know, so that the women that come in for thermograms feel comfortable. Well, what about I, mammograms, the breast screen, Aotearoa, or radiology, I guess, as a discipline? Uh, yeah, there's way more women than men in it. I do know of some male sonographers. Because I'm just thinking you'd think women would really be looking out for women. You would. My interestingly, my dad sent out a um, an invitation to eighty local GPs. This yeah. was, you know, over ten years ago, um, he wrote them a letter and he said, "I'm thinking I could do a a seminar to teach doctors what thermography can and cannot do." Yeah, would you be interested in attending? And he thought because he was sending it to female GPs, they might even have a personal interest for their own well being to find yes. out about it. Yes. Guess how many responses he got? He sent eighty. Tell me. One. Oh man. 
It was a, an integrative doctor from Murupada. <laughs> okay, not the famous one. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. From, from yeah. Um, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's disappointing. Mm. Yeah, they just they absolutely write it off. It's not because I think their thinking is if this was valid, the the hierarchy of whoever tells them what to do, medical council, whatever, uh, you know, Ministry of Health maybe, they would tell us to follow this. We, You know, I, I had an interesting chat with a, a GP from um, Tapuki a couple of years ago. Uh, one of the other things we do in our clinic, we collaborate with our patients when they do IV vitamin C. Yep. And I had, to, I had to talk to this this GP in, uh, GP in Tapuki. And he said, truly, I don't understand IVC. I've never trained in it. It's not my you know, area of expertise. And I said, I had a bit of a conversation with him and, and then I said to him, we've sent you some links to some useful, th- did, did, was that good information? Did that help? He said, truly, I'm a GP. It's not my job to read and evaluate research. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. He so their learning it. stops at the end of training. And he's okay with that. And the, and the medical counsellor, whoever tells him what to do, will tell him what to do. If it's important, he'll get he'll find out about it through the usual channels. Oh, so they're like programmed robots. Well, you said that, not me. No, oh, okay, <laughs> I can say that, but that kind of sounds like it. Um, I here's your, here's your latest really update well. from the you know the source of truth, the podium of medical truth, and that's all you need to know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that's I mean that's what hit my dad. You know, back in the eighties, actually, what happened was mum became sick and he couldn't help her, and he you know he was English trained. He was a a, a very competent family doctor doing normal medicine you know and when mum got really sick he was floundering and he didn't know what to do and in the end mum uh her problem was a mercury toxicity but they didn't know how to diagnose that and so um yeah she met a homeopath who basically helped her to heal and dad watched it happen before his eyes and you know it was a a life changer for him is that what transformed his yeah that's what set him on the path because um you know he he thought medicine was what he'd learned at med school yeah what an interesting thing to find out about truly um (laughs) if we've got um well we've got listeners listening obviously women who are wanting to find out more what's the best way they can they can do that uh the website probably the Easiest. Could you give us the um the address? Yeah. It's clinicalthermography.co.nz. Yeah. Okay. So it, we've got a nationwide service, but we're based in Tauranga. With the, we've got two doctors doing the reporting, and then we've got technicians. We've got four locations in New Zealand, but we do travelling clinics, so we get around. Okay. Is there anything we've missed? Anything that you want to say before we um, wind up our chat? Yeah, I mean, my comment about women having choice for me is the important thing. I think I, I don't want to put women off having mammograms. There's a place for it. Um, yeah. You know, I think the thermogram should be the screening test. We're not allowed to use the word screening, though. That's that's the, They own that word, not us. Um, you know, How so could I you think, own a word? Yeah. Well, the thermography service in Australia went bankrupt defending their use of the word screening in the brochure. What? Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, patch protection. So so I just think it's all about choice. And I look, I mean, I'm I'm here to help the women of New Zealand if they if they want to know about breast health, about breast cancer. Um I do a bit of counseling. I I help women navigate if they've had a thermogram and it's abnormal, or even sometimes they ring up because they've got a lump and they don't even have a thermogram, I'm still happy to help. 
they might need an ultrasound and, and getting an ultrasound without having had a mammogram first can be um, difficult. But okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, and it depends. It used to depend whether you were in the North Island or the South Island for that <laughs> fact. So the South Island radiology clinics absolutely made you pay for and have a mammogram before they'd give you an ultrasound. Whereas in the North Island, most of the clinics up here, you could go in with a referral. You still have to pay for the ultrasound. The only way to get a funded ultrasound is if you've had a mammogram through breast screen RTRO that's abnormal and they send you for an ultrasound. That's the only way, unless your doctor and the breast specialist arrange it. Yeah. Um, you have to pay for ultrasounds as well. But yeah, so South Island had a different set of rules to the North Island. And, and I've I've seen that from sitting in this seat because I've been making these phone calls. But yeah, I, I just want you know people to know that there's a service here that can help them. Um, you know, navigate it their way with their choices. Is, is there more breast cancer around? Is it growing? Is it yeah. plateauing? Is it go Yeah, uh, it's increasing and it's happening to younger women. Really? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen? Here's a here's a this came came to mind. Has, has there been an uptick recently? Uh, we're watching for that. I haven't any, seen any, any sign. Any sign? No. no. Okay. No. No. All right. Yeah. No turbo breast cancers. No, well. no. And interestingly, we've got a 50-50 split uh, control group versus um, a woman who've had COVID injections. Yeah. So yeah. We, we are watching for that. Yeah. Just quite. Oh, well, hopefully, you know, that won't change. I'm really pleased to see so far we haven't seen any signal. Yeah. Yeah. Signal, that's the word. Yeah. That hasn't been, you're allowed to use that word, are you? <laughs> I just did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to defend your use of that. No. All right. It's been really interesting uh, speaking with yeah. you, Truly Godfrey, Clinic Manager and a Thermography Technician for Clinical Thermography NZ. Thanks for coming on. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.